Hey guys, welcome to Bag Broadcast, episode number 499. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being, the Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out November 9th, 2022. With authority. I was going to say, wow, intense. And then we always follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic, and this week we're taking a look at one of our trading policies. So these are our trade paperback or graphic novel reviews. And this week we're talking about Black Sad, They All Fall Down, Part 1 from Dark Horse Comics. So we're going to yeah. go. Beautiful hardcover book if you See, buy the physical copy. Now, my, okay, we'll get into it, but I'm glad I bought it digitally because, man, I would want an omnibus or a, what? what is it from Dark Horse, a library edition where it's all the editions, like, I want parts of two, one, two, three, how many other parts all together in one edition. Hopefully that comes out. Uh, I mean, probably. I don't I'd love just to have, uh, like, just mm. many of these. It makes me want to go see how the other trades are because I bought them all digitally, but the original trades and stuff, I'd love to just, if they look like this in there. Was the last trade we read, was that published by Dark Horse or was yeah, that? I believe so. I believe it's so. A French book, right? And then I believe, yeah, Dark Horse does a lot of the imp- imports. Right. The uh, um, localizations, the. Uh, Translations and yeah, localizations. So I have to imagine that's a little bit harder in comic book form than it is in an actual book. And then while I'm imagining that, I like to drink a beer while I think and ponder. Oh, there's uh, actually drinking from there's actually a lot of black sad books. So <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about Fiddleheads uh, Ethereum White Ale. This is a nice, crisp, easy drinking uh, white ale. Uh, it's bright. Uh, right now we we're in uh, like a we're actually in Buffalo Spring right now. It's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be fall, but we don't get spring after winter. We just get more winter, and then suddenly it's summer. Like, we don't really get a nice spring weather. Like, it's rainy and cold and miserable until it's like, stops. Until it's warm. Be, until it's warm. Like, right now, in the fall, we get, like, a good two-week period of spring where it's actually, like, crisp, but the sun's out, but it's not super warm, but, you know, it's nice. It's or nice. we just get ex- extended fall? Well, no, because falls should be like a little chillier than this. Like this is this is really nice weather. I as and this uh, white and for whatever reason, I'm like I was going to go out disc golfing because the weather was so nice. So I, you know, I'm like, oh, a crisp white ale. Mm, that'll sound great. I used to love Ho- uh, Holy Moses white ale from uh, Great Lakes. Haven't seen that in a while. And this definitely scratched that itch. And then I remembered. Uh, Another great white ale, and that's Allagash's, and I'll be drinking that later. I'll see if this Ethereum from Fiddlehead is better. Maybe price points, I don't know. But this is probably this is just a seasonal, I think, just comes out for the spring. I'm not 100% sure. Allagash White is just always available year-round. Year-round. So, there you go. Uh, did you buy a four-pack, or did you buy another 12-pack? Because they sell... I bought the 12-pack of Ethereum. 
and then <clears throat> a four pack of the Allagash because it was twelve ninety nine. The the I bought a four pack of the Allagash White for twelve ninety nine. The twelve pack is seventeen ninety nine. So five bucks more. <clears throat> now for for more than double the amount yeah, of beer. For more than so five bucks more for double the amount. But I couldn't remember if I really enjoyed it or not. So I'm like, I want the four pack tall boys versus the twelve. <clears throat> I know I'm set you know, I'm saddled with three more sixteen ounces, but I'm only saddled with three more beers. <laughs> if I had one and I didn't really like it, but the 12-pack, then I have 11 more beers. Yeah, but I would I would think that be, you just had 11 yeah. of a white <laughs> and really, ale, that, and you really liked it. I, uh-huh. I, I How long hold, is this weather going to hold out? <laughs> yeah, but it's a it's a Belgian white. It's yeah. easy drinking. Uh-huh. It's, good, it's good no matter what. And Chris, what are you drinking that's good no matter what? Uh, thinking about that, too. I also have something that's pretty easy drinking. Mm-hmm. And this is from a new, newer brewery here outside of Orlando, Florida. Um, Home State Brewing. They opened back in February of this year. So they haven't been around for very long. Um, they just kind of popped up uh, as being recommended to me. So figured I would check it out today. So we went there for dinner um, we each had a beer. We split a flight of four. Had an appetizer. Each had a sandwich, um, just to kind of get the full effect. So, you you get that Cuban? Uh, Yanni got the Cuban. I got the meatball. <laughs> so, um, uh, appetizer. Just I'm sorry, we didn't talk about this pre-show. No. Appetizer. Did you go with the three dip medley? No. So, for me now, whenever I go to a brewery, I have to try the the pretzel because I feel like. Pretzel is a standard appetizer. Um, you can get a good feeling for a brewery, how they handle their foods based on, like, just a staple. Like, it's just, hey, a pretzel should be a pretzel, which is going to be good no matter what. Uh, and then you can kind of tell based off of that. And then the uh, accoutrement that they provide you with it. Um, this one had a, like, a homemade, uh, like, mustard as well as, like, a homemade beer cheese. Uh, it, it passed the testel testel pretzel. <laughs> I can't say it. Mm. Pretzel test. Um, <laughs> sandwiches were good. Uh, I asked the the bartender which sandwich he liked more because Yanni had already ordered the Cuban. Because I was going back and forth between the pulled pork barbecue or the meatball, and he was like, "I like the meatball better, but I get it with the bread that they use for the Cuban." And I was like, "That's mm. that sounds good," but I. Just, Want the bare bones? Sir, serve me like a plebeian. Um, no, you pass the testle by asking the waiter how he likes it. Uh, the server told you how to get it. You're that's the, that's what you should do. That's how you that's how you get it. You get it, but you know that's why. Give, give me the bare bones. <clears throat> you know that's what I'm going to base everything off of. I don't want to have like specialty things. I don't know if it's a special, I mean, thing, special but okay. Word. I understand your your premise. Yeah. I just say it's coming from a flawed point of view. I I, I, I agree with Paul on this. Whoa! Wow. Well, that, that's okay uh, because they they were both good. I'm sure the the yeah, meatball yeah. sandwich would have been good on the Cuban bread, uh, but it was also on ciabatta. And he said like he's not a fan of ciabatta bread, so that's oh, why okay. he he does it no. that way too. Um, 
But I'm not going to talk about have all a the crown up front that pull, you know, it's too hard for him to bite, you know, with the crown. He's afraid of losing it. I, I'm not a huge Chibata fan. I like Chibata. Was it a soft Chibata yeah. or was it hard Chibata? No, it was, it was softer. It had like, it, it had a good Chibata? crust on it, but it wasn't like dense. Okay. But we're not here to talk anymore about sandwiches because we're about to get into the beer. Um, we had six beers there, each like a full pour. And then, like I said, we split the four that we had from the flight. But I got three beers to bring home because they had three different beers in their cooler four packs. Um, I'm starting off with their Pilsner, which is the adults are talking. And kind of like we were setting it up at the beginning, this is a good anytime drinking beer. It, it does what a Pilsner is supposed to do. This is kind of the one I'm expecting the least from, so I started off with it because, yes, Ken says Pilsner, my mouth says Pilsner as well. Hmm. Uh, and I'm having from Ellicottville Brewery, uh, and this is a new beer from them. This is their Chili Willy Cold IPA. Uh, you have a nice kind of a little penguin on there to go with the Chili Willy. And um, this is nice. This is actually a really nice drinking beer. You get a nice little hot bitter to it. It's crisp. It's clean. You get that nice kind of lagery, pilsnery malt to it. All around, this is a really nice beer. Paul, I recommend this to you. Wow. I think you would like it. Um, and this would be a great disc golf beer. Ooh, that does sound like a good disc golf. With crisp, clean but with a hoppy bite. A little bitter hoppy bite. bitter on the back. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Yeah. Nice. I, I, I'm actually pretty surprised. I'm not, I'm not surprised because Ellicottville does make really, it does make good beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I haven't had anything in the longest time that's wowed me that wasn't one of their Dessert beers, their orange chocolate ale, or their this or their that. They did a lot. They do a lot of fruit forward beers, uh, but this is just a normal beer that I really enjoy. That sounds good. I'm gonna I'm gonna redouble my efforts to find it. Meaning that the next time I'm at a beer store, I'll look again. Yeah, I'll have to message. Uh, the person that runs that beer shop and say, hey, my buddy was looking for these three beers. Could not find them in your shop. You and uh, I couldn't find the clown shoes 12 days of Christmas there either. What are they doing over there? Don't know. I went uh, in the cooler and everything. I'm going to have to. Yeah, I'm going to have to make some calls. Shake them down. I'll have them all set up at the uh, service desk for you in a, oh, in a week. You. In a week, sir. I'll have it over there yeah, for that'd you. That'd be great. Just so, yeah, put it on their name. <clears throat> Paul from the Vegan Broadcast. <laughs> uh, you know, and the reason why I'm Paul from the Vegan Broadcast is because I love bringing people the news. That's right, the Weekend Geek that bring you the top geek stories of the past week. I like that segment. I'm the only one that loves it. Uh, <laughs> I think you guys might mildly enjoy it. But, guys, did you hear, you know, before we talked about it before the show, the vision is getting his own series over on Disney+. Plus. Uh, don't know what's going to happen with it. Rumor is that it's going to be the White Vision, like going out and exploring the world and trying to figure out his place in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe now. Um, I'm kind of nonplussed by this Disney Plus series. I, I don't know. I just... 
okay, it's that character. It just feels the android trying to learn how to be human again. Like, I don't know, I, it could be interesting. I like that because it's something that they kind of hinted at and didn't pay attention to in the actual movies. Mm-hmm. So I, I would like to see more of this character, not just the him flying around shooting space lasers out of his forehead. Because as exciting as that is, I like Paul Bettany, and I like his take on this character, and I like to see him do more character work with it. Uh, Paul, would you be more inclined to, to watch this if it was one of the one-hour specials? May, yeah, maybe, because then uh, less of a buy-in, less of a commitment, less of a worry that it's going to be like, in this episode, Vision learns empathy. In this episode, Vision learns what it means to be a friend. You know what I mean? Like, But I, would you expect that with what you've gotten from Marvel shows? Would you expect that? I don't, like, I don't know what to expect from any of the Marvel shows. They give you such weird stuff. But I think, like all I the, think you know, that's kind of the strength of it, because everything can be something yeah. different. It doesn't have to fit into yeah. that mold anymore. Mm-hmm. But if it was a Disney uh, Marvel Studios Presents, I would probably be more inclined, because I'm not all that interested in Vision as a character to begin with. So I'd be happy with just give me the bare bones basics. Like, I'm happy that he's a side character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, Paul Bettany's great, but he's good as an ensemble piece. Like, I I don't really need him to be my headliner. No, no that's that's my thoughts, John. What are your thoughts? I, I kind of agree with you, Paul. What? This is a, a weird occasion. I, that's why I asked. I would be more inclined to watch this as a one-hour special because. With a series, I feel like you have to do a lot of filler stuff, mm-hmm. you know? And so, I mean, um, it's kind of what I we were don't... talking about in our pre-show stuff with Andor, because I really enjoyed what I saw, but like going back to even last week we were talking about, too, there's just too much content. Like, it's a lot to try to juggle and prioritize some stuff over other things mm-hmm. right now, and I'm, I'm falling behind. Yeah. I fall behind because most of the time, by the time I sit down to watch television, it's like 7.30. Kate and I are usually, like, gearing up for bed about 8.30, 9 o'clock. Like, we're kicking it off. So, like, 7.30, we're like, do we want to watch, like, something? Or do we want just something that can be on in the background as we scroll through our phones, delete emails? Like, and just kind of gear down. You wild children. (laughs) I know crazy late night of deleting emails? But don't worry. They're done by 8.30. If you just let those build up, they delete themselves. <laughs> hey, if I didn't go through and delete the emails, I wouldn't have realized that Taylor Swift's Eras Tour was happening, and I needed to pre-register for a chance to buy tickets to her Pittsburgh date. So, Paul, boom. 
Uh, that's the kind of shit I get done I, I know during you that love seven Taylor to Swift, eight. But, but you're not going I don't to think that you show. Love her enough to. I don't. You don't love her enough to leave the state. <laughs> Wait, doors are at seven o'clock. We're gonna we're gonna be in bed deleting emails by the time she takes the stage. <laughs> hey, it might be a wild night. You know, uh, <laughs> taking some days off from work, and we'll just make it happen. You know. The episode title is going to be deleting emails by 8 o'clock. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but speaking about content that I'm falling behind on. I uh, mean, you you got to you gotta beat Testel Pretzel. <laughs> <laughs> Which tough, tough to do. Uh, I still haven't watched the second season of Netflix's The Witcher. Uh, but just announced that Henry Cavill will be finishing up with the series for season three. And then after that. Uh, Liam Neeson, not Neeson, oh my gosh, he's <laughs> the only Liam that I know, Liam. Uh, Liam Hemsworth will be taking over as Geralt, which is fine. Um, a lot of people are kind of jumping to the conclusion that like, oh, well, he's leaving it because he's got Superman stuff coming up. And I mean, that's possibility. Or he could just have other stuff that he's working on currently because he didn't say he was uh, having conversations with James Gunn about what they want Superman to be. And honestly, from that interview, it sounds a lot more with what everybody, or at least what I wanted Superman to be in the post-Man of Steel DC universe, where he is that symbol of hope and loyalty and friendship that like inspires people to be more because they do feel safe. They feel protected. And it's like, okay, it's taken us like 12 years to get to that point now. Mm-hmm. I believe he was also cast in um, Game of Thrones as well. Hmm. So I think that was oh. one of the things is he was going to be traveling to film that as well. And there's, I believe, more money in HBO than Netflix. Probably. When it comes to getting jacked in shape and wearing suits of armor. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Possibly. Something else coming from Netflix. Just confirmed. We're getting season two of The Sandman. No time frame for this because it's probably going to take them a while based on just the amount of work that they put into that first season. I wouldn't want them to rush it. But, hey, good news for everybody that's a Sandman fan, which seems to be everybody now because Sandman, it hit it hit heavy when that came out. Like, my mom loved it even. And my mom's not oh, someone nice. that I think would be, like, a Sandman fan. But here we are. That's that's good news. Uh, Did you end up finishing it, Chris? Yes. Okay. All right. So I have not had Netflix for let's say a year. Yeah, I got Netflix again, like just to watch Stranger Things season when the new seasons came out. Of course, dropped it before Sandman started. Um, Before, so I and then before that, I hadn't had Netflix in a while. So Sandman. What else is on Netflix that I should pick up if I if uh, I decide to? Because uh, Disney Plus is running out. Listen, man, I cannot compete with deleting emails with trying to program Netflix for you. All right, bud, I can't okay. do that. All right, what am I supposed to do? I mean, you and your wife. I just pictured the two of you sitting in a dark room, yes. quiet, no music, no nothing, no talking. Just sitting there staring at your phone and then every oh. once every once in a while just being like Uh dear that was uh four hundred emails deleted. Uh, I really gotta unsubscribe to some of these. Um 
I'm trying to see like some stuff that is exclusive to Netflix right now, but it just brings up a bunch of like cartoons. Um, mm. Right now, they just released the Guillermo del Toro like spooky horror anthology series, Cabinet of Curiosities, yeah. that came out for Halloween, which was last week. Uh, we're two episodes into that. I'm really digging it. Each uh, episode is a different story, all done by a different creative team, different. <clears throat> Uh, director, different actors. I am enjoying that so far. I think if you haven't watched any of the Mike Flanagan, like House of uh, Haunting of Hill House, Haunting of Bly Manor, yep. um, Midnight Mass, this. like those are all fantastic, spooky, scary, but still like kind of gut wrenching in a humanity kind of way. Um, the, uh, Nailed it. The, the, Nailed it. It's a lot of fun. If you want to put something on to have in the background while you're deleting mm-hmm. emails. Yeah, yeah. Like, we like Nailed It Holiday. We like That's a Christmas staple for us, like when we had Netflix. The uh, Red, the, Red Notice was uh, a lot of fun. I don't know if you watched that when you had Netflix. Oh. The, well, the I watched The Adam Project, and that Black, was great. Blockbuster just uh, started about the last okay. Blockbuster comedy starring... Um, Randall Park? Andy Park. Randall, Randall Park. Park. Not Andy Park. Who's Andy Park? Andy Park. Is Andy Park anybody? Uh, he is a concept artist for Marvel, I think. That's who I'm thinking okay. about. I'll Google it right now. But I, don't know, I think there's enough stuff on there that if you're jumping yeah. back and forth between Disney Plus for a couple months, like mm-hmm. Netflix for a couple months, there's going to be enough stuff there to keep you... Because that's Kate's vision is to uh, for for streaming services is just like pick one up for a couple months, cancel one, pick up a different one, have that for a couple months. So that way, content's constantly building a backlog. And but I always, I even having just one streaming service, I feel backlogged, you know. And now Peacock has announced a series that I'll never watch, but you know. Other people will. And that's a Friday the 13th prequel series uh, written by the same guy that did the Hannibal. Uh, Chris, he, he had his name. Brian, Brian Fuller. Brian Fuller. And A23, A24, right, is also involved? The production company, A24? Uh, that, I, um, that I don't know. Are you saying? Because you said it kind of as a I question. Saying, I wasn't sure. I am saying it kind of as a question because I yes. read this story along with uh, another story about like somebody joining the cast of A Quiet Place. Yes, uh, you know, A24 and Brian Fuller. Day one. All right. A24. So my question is... Which one is Friday the 13th? Is that <laughs> no, I know what... or is that Jason? Is Jason. that Michael Myers or is that Jason? Jason. <laughs> Neither. It's Freddy Krueger. Oh. Is that no, Freddy or is that Freddy Krueger? I thought that's the joke it's... Paul was trying to make, so I wanted to jump in on it. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, so it's Jason. So if it's a prequel, is it about his mother coming to grips with the, uh, the camp counselors letting his son die? The series is called building is titled Crystal Lake. So it will be focusing on the camp. Okay, but but how is it a prequel? Is it a prequel to him becoming Jason? Is it a prequel yeah, about Jay his, at this point? Uh, because we, we don't Jason we don't know. Jason dies. The whole catalyst of the thing is Jason Pope, it, dies, and I. It, it was just announced that they're doing prequel series titled Crystal Lake from 
A24 and Well, you can't just say that. you got to explain what you're going to do, because right now it sounds like caca. Um, What they're going to do is launch a prequel series titled Crystal Lake (laughs) for Peacock. (laughs) They've already told you everything they know, John. Yeah. But like Brian Fuller said, he's been thinking about this story since he was a kid. Uh, I discovered Friday the 13th in the pages of Famous Monsters magazine when I was 10 years old and have been thinking about this story ever since. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to, Maybe I'll, I'll have a, to wait and see more because right now it, I'm, a, I'm at a loss for words. I don't know what it's, I don't know what it's about. Maybe. Just like, yeah. <laughs> Maybe they're going to go off like the prey route. And be like, before it was a, a camp, sleep, sleepaway camp, it was a, uh, a place just, where Native pa- Americans... Paul, let's just stop. Where you, let's just stop. Okay. I don't need any more from you. I don't need any more from you. I've agreed with you twice tonight. You should just be happy. <laughs> All right. Any other surprise news anybody wants to talk about? Or do you want to head into uh, our next segment or our next beer? What do you want to do? Well, if we're going to head into our next beer, if somebody has one in front of them, I need to run and grab mine. So You know, I have mine in front of me. I'm almost done. I will just talk about it. It's Alagash White. Chris, you've had it before. We've all had it before. I kind of want to hear what you have to say about it. You know, it's it's nice. Uh, I, I do want to say, I'm wondering if this is just old, really old or something. No, it's 1116. I pecked on 803 2022, so not that old. Um, but it's, just, it's not packing that coriander flavor. It's not packing as much of a punch as the Fiddlehead is. Um, it is very easy drinking. Uh, it's a beer. This is from Alagash uh, Brewing Company. This is white. It's 5.2% alcohol by volume. I know I didn't say that for uh, the uh, Fiddlehead, which was 53 But, yeah, this one... This one's less flavorful, less of a punch. I'm not getting the coriander. I'm not getting the uh, the orange peel as much. But it is still very drinkable, very light, very refreshing. It's still a good fall slash spring time beer. Uh, I cannot remember the last time I'm I had an Alagash White. I'm more excited to drink a Fiddlehead White Ale than, and or... You know, drinking like what I love the Holy Moses White Ale from from uh, Great Lakes, or man, if the Saranac. Gosh darn, yeah, the White IPA from Saranac, or that gosh darn Groundbreak from Ithaca. Ooh, all those beers with the coriander in it, so good. That Belgian style. Uh, style uh, remember Ithaca's pack of IPAs, and they had that. Uh, it was the one with the Fleur de Lis on it. The, the it pack like, of Belgians. Yeah. Pack of Belgians. And it was a Belgian IPA <clears throat> style IPA. <clears throat> that is going to haunt me forever. I'm, I love, like, love that beer so much. And these Belgian whites, I have to say, kind of scratch that kind of itch. But uh, this Allagash, uh, uh, it's okay. It's, it's easy drinking. It's everything. But I'm not getting that punch of spice flavor. I'm not getting that orange peel as much. Maybe because the fiddlehead had so much to it. Now, you know, my my uh, taste buds just <clears throat> just are blown out a little bit. I don't know. But um, John, I vamped enough for you to get your beer. Yeah, and I am drinking Mad River Maple Amber Ale. 
from Lawson's Finest Liquids, straight from the Green Mountains to your head, 8%. Ridiculous at 8%. Oh my gosh. I, this that's, that's a big boy for an amber. <clears throat> for an amber, but the maple in this is like fresh maple. Like, I don't know if you've... <clears throat> I don't know how many of you are from the uh, maple country, uh, but stick I stick with them, folks. But I grew Much up like I grew up in the Boston Hills of, 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 of New York, and we would have like maple yeah. parties where they tap the trees, they have it, they boil it, and then they'd mix it with a little bit of sugar, and you'd take this hot liquid out into the snow, and you'd pour yeah. it. In and you'd have this big strip, and it'd be delicious. This tastes like fresh maple, like that. The maple, it's it's ridiculous how <clears throat> real mapley it tastes. Uh and it's silly that it's eight percent because it does not drink like it's eight uh, percent. I actually thought it was going to be like a five percent beer because I have a ten percent stout that I was going to drink after this. Uh, but this might have to slow down. I think I think I'm gonna have to change gears and drink something else because after drinking this, and it's not one that I want to be like. I'll just drink half of it, or I'll drink a little bit, drink the other one, and come back to it. Uh, I want to finish this, and I finished my chili chili willy as well. So I uh, what was the IP? Uh, what was the ABV on that one? Five point seven. Oh, okay, but yeah, perfect for disc golf. Uh, I. It's 30 minutes into this show, and I've pounded a 5.7, and I've taken three big guzzles out of a 8%er. All right, so maple syrup style. Last week on the show, I had the uh, French Toast Bastard. Two weeks on the show, you had the French Toast Bastard. Now, John, can you remember back to my review, and then can you remember back to your actual taste buds of French Toast Bastard? Can Maple to maple, which one delivers a better maple experience? This, and they're both like 8%. Uh, right? This does. Or, this has got a better just straight maple flavor, where Backwoods has that maple, vanilla, the, oh, is cinnamon. Is 11.1? Yeah, it's 11.1. Because oh. remember, you kept doing the weird yeah. like tenths of stuff, and it was always wrong. Yeah. That's weird. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was wrong because, you know. Comedy. Tenths and eleven. Oh, you say comedy now. But I don't know who that joke was. It was just... It wasn't for you, because you were baffled the whole time doing it. Uh, Anywho, that is very good. Chris, I am interested in seeing what beer you have next from Home State Brewers? Home State Brewing. Uh, This is their Hefeweizen 4.0% ABV, and this is the Doctor's Orders. Um, much like the Pilsner, this just kind of checks the boxes of what the beer style should be. Like, I'm getting that clove. There's kind of like that banana breadiness to it. It's not, like, my favorite Heffy that I've had. It's not the best Hefeweizen I've had from Florida Brewery. Um, the beers that I had there actually on tap so far have been a better showing than the stuff that they have canned to go. Um which I'm not sure if the stuff that they have canned to put out because it's the Hefeweizen, the Pilsner, and then the third one I'll have next up is a Oktoberfest. I don't know if it's just stuff that they figure like, hey, that's going to be what people 
want to take home, have as a fridge filler, and like we kind of focus more on the on tap stuff, and like, like that's a little bit more elevated. But yeah, I'm not impressed by either of the cans that I've opened so far. How were the beers that you had at the brewery? Were they impressive? Yeah, I know they were much better. Um, the rye IPA. I, I didn't have the rye IPA. They didn't have it, but I had the. Um, I had rye their. Uh, I had the rye saison. That was one of those I had in the flight. I also had their, uh, like the pub ale, the the regular IPA, and then Yanni had their Mexican chocolate stout, the plum. Berries, something uh, sour, and uh, I can't remember what the first one she had was now, but they were all stronger showings than these ones. You named three of the four beers that I said I would drink when I was there, so good on you. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I honed in on those same ones, too, because, <laughs> I mean, a lot of them are beers that you don't normally get in Florida. And if it is something you see, it's going to be like a one-off done by a brewery and they won't bring it back until maybe the next year. So yeah. But again, I'll, I'll have like a wrap up on the brewery at the end of the show when I do the third beer, but it's going to head us into our next segment, which is going to be the list. So these are going to be the comic books coming out this week, November 9th. Paul, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to a uh, little comic book series that uh, you know Marvel's famous for. It's their first family. It's Fantastic Four number one. That's right. Uh, it's Legacy number six hundred and ninety four, which I believe should be a higher number. It just feels weird that Fantastic Four is only at six hundred and ninety four for their Legacy number, and Batman's over a thousand. Um, and also, Batman started in like the nineteen twenties. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. And this started in the '60s, so uh, I guess that, big, that I guess the math checks out. Uh, written by Ryan North, it's, it's pretty much uh, like a, a tenth of the publishing history. And mm. you also have to remember that uh, I think there was many years without Fantastic Four books. It wasn't Fantastic Four wasn't always yeah going being published being published where Batman was in ninety-seven different books. But I, but I can think that it's weird that Marvel wasn't always publishing a Fantastic Four book. Then uh, I, I can think that's weird. You can think that's Fantastic weird. Fantastic Four is the first family. It's it's it is the book. Just because you Marvel, say that, Fantastic Four, you say that all the time. Yeah. But most people don't, don't read don't. it, and and that's why it wasn't published all the time. If you're a Marvel yeah, was, fan, how can't you be a Fantastic Four fan? So in uh, 2018, there's a article posted, a history of why Marvel Comics didn't publish the Fantastic Four for three years. <laughs> so, Well, t- yeah, 2018. Well, that was, it also became FF, which was Future Foundation. You know, but whatever. But Paul, okay. I would say growing up a Marvel fan... I knew of the Fantastic Four. I had some Fantastic Four books, but I didn't care, nor did I like Fantastic Four till Jonathan Hickman's run on them. Oh, wow. Okay. I, uh, or no, I, I, take, I take that back because... Um, Mark Wade had a great run What on was him. the one where they lost the building and... Um, that was uh, Marvel that Knights was, 4. Yeah. Marvel Knights. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good story. 
Mm-hmm. But that was fun because it was like the family kind of falling up, the falling apart, making ends meet. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, like those are the two best Fantastic Four series. I come on, Marvel uh, the original Marvel Knights Four, written by um, uh, Roberto Morrison, right? No, uh, Roberto no, Aguirre Sacasa, who did the uh, what should we call it? Sabrina, Chilling Adventures. Oh yeah. yeah, that was great too. With the the one, two, three, four. Um, that's a really good series. Um, anyway, I'm I'm looking forward to another really good series from the Fantastic Four. Hopefully, hopefully this is it. Uh, written by Ryan North. Uh, I'm just looking for like shorter, fun stories from the Fantastic Four again. Like we just came off of uh, a series that I just couldn't keep up with because I'm horrible at all. Consuming Vol content uh, with, um, why can't I think of his name? The Witcher. Um, no, not The Witcher. Geralt. The, no, not not, not Jerry. Uh, wrote Dance, Dance Lot. Uh, you know, he had an epic run on the Fantastic Four that just finished. I do want to read that all in trade. I think it'll be better in the trade. But I'm hoping for just, you know, give me, like, simple three to four issue, like, storylines and a fun, spacey, cosmic-y adventures as a family. Like, that's what I was thinking that I was getting with Dance Lot, and then it turned into a whole thing. So. Yep. That's that's my pick. Chris, I threw it to John for <clears throat> here for the last time, so I'm going to throw it to you for your comic book. Uh, well, we had talked about Mark Wade when we were talking about Fantastic Four, and he's actually the writer on the book that I'm going to be picking up, which is Batman vs. Robin number three from over at DC Comics. Uh, written by Mark Wade, like I said, art by Mama Dasar. Uh, this is the continuing story of Batman trying to fight back against Damian Wayne, uh, who's been empowered by Mother Lazarus and the Devil Neza to uh, basically lay siege to the world. Uh, Issue number two was a heck of a lot of fun. It actually involved um, Batman and Alfred going into the Dreaming and seeing Cain and Abel from the House of Secrets and House of Mysteries. Mm. It's a story that only Mark Wade could do because he's having fun with it. And yes, there is going to be fallout from this. If you're looking at the solicitations for the DC Universe in the months spinning out of this, uh, there will be fallout repercussions for the whole universe type stuff. Uh, I doubt that's going to be as fun as this actual series is though. Um, Unless Mark Wade is writing it all. Which could be possible, but if you're a fan of what's going on right now over in Batman Superman world's finest, I think this is a great companion piece to that. That one's a little bit more lighthearted and fun um, out of continuity stories, but this one is definitely in the same vein. Nice. John, what you got? Uh, yeah, and uh, as someone who grew up reading Marvel comics, uh, one of the main books... And loving the Fantastic The Four, main books that I uh, read in that, in that time was Spider-Man. And one of my favorite runs of that Spider-Man was Craven's Last Hunt. Uh, so I've always been a Craven fan since then, uh, when he's popped up here or there. I've tried to dip my toes into the Spider-Man world, 
But with Spider-Man, the Lost Hunt number one, we kind of have a origin story for Craven. Um, this is written by J.M. DeMantis. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, Spider, Spider-Man, uh, Peter Parker, Mary Jane, they're moving to Oregon. Um, or Port, I'm sorry, Portland. And, uh, yeah. Portland, Maine? I, Where Allagash is from? Maybe. Just says Portland. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see what's a lot of times it's like, I don't need to hear, I don't need the origin story or the backstory of certain characters, but I, I, uh, I kind of like, like Freddy. I like the crave. I like the craven. And, uh, like Jason, like Jason. Yeah. What if this whole book here's the backstory of Jason takes place at Crystal Crystal Lake. Lake. (laughs) And that's how, uh, craven honed his hunting skills. Yeah. Mm Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to this book. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Now, what else is fun? A dramatic reading. Now, we present a dramatic reading from Black Sad. They all fall down. Part one, page 35, panel two. With all love's light wings, did I or perch these walls? For stony limits cannot hold love out. Therefore, thy kinsmen are no stop to me. And that was a dramatic reading from Black Sad. They all fall down. Part 1, page 35, panel 2. I think that was the first dramatic reading within a dramatic reading. I'm just going to say it. Could be possible. Could be possible. We've been doing dramatic readings for a long time. When I was reading this book, I was like, that's a dramatic reading right there. That's it. It's a character doing a dramatic reading. I gotta pick it. Mm, so you, I'm you glad broke, it fell. You broke the cardinal rule of dramatic reading, then. Which is not picking at random and also mentioning dramatic reading after the finishing of their dramatic reading. There's two cardinal rules that I broke. Which means, Paul, now you have to pay the price. Yes, that's right. Oh, oh, Surprise dramatic reading. Oh, no. <laughs> it's better than a tilt. I mean, which I still owe John one. <laughs> if you find a tilt somewhere, I don't think John should drink think... it. <laughs> no, no, I'd have to drink a tilt. Wait, I believe it? both of you have lost tilt bets that owe me a. You both. I owe John one tilt. Yeah. And I know Chris owes John a tilt from Gamora. Uh, Gamora, not appearing. Yeah. King, the, King of all monsters. monsters. I don't remember how I owe John one, but I know I do. So, Paul, your surprise dramatic reading is coming from Monkey Prince, number one, oh, page 19, panel, panel five. Training begins now. Your first exercise. So claim what's yours. That's never been a rule that we had to do a dramatic reading after that, but I just wanted to make up a rule, because why not? You can see both those panels over on our Instagram, because it's fun. Because why not? Why not? And also, I don't know if we're ready to jump to another beer yet. This John's drinking an 8%. 
I can get it. Let me let me uh, let me scurry to the fridge and I'll see what I can grab. Yeah, you don't got to finish it. You can you can always circle back around. Yeah, and I know during my last beer I said I wasn't going to do the big boy, but I did the big boy. Nine point nine percent blackout stout from Great Lakes. It's been I think about five years since they've made this beer, and this. Is a delicious imperial stout, rich chocolate, nice little bitter on it. Uh, if you guys remember how much we enjoyed the old Rasputin, on par with old Rasputin, just a little more kind of chocolate coffee notes to it than the um, the little bit of bitter on old Rasputin. Mm-hmm. But uh, gosh darn, it's good to have this beer back and. I think for the next couple of months, I might be picking up some more of this. For the old Rasputin from North Coast breweries, we always we said, "Ooh, this is a black IPA because of that bitterness out the back end." <sighs> is this anywhere close to a black IPA, or is this more? It, it has kind of that hop bitter on the back. Uh, it does. It's so good. Look, like coffee, chocolate notes, all of that. Um, but when I took the first sip, I was like, this is what I remember Imperial Stouts being like back in the day. Not a bunch of adjuncts, not a bunch of things added to it, just that big, bold, dark beer, that little bit of... Yeah, I hate when they add junk to my beers. Yeah. Get it? Get it? <clears throat> Because it's a, that's the joke. I got it. He, he meant adjunct, it's like good. it's adjacent to, like, because there's more stuff to it. Like, I well, did, they I added did the adjunct to this beer. And what beer are you drinking, Paul? And that's uh, from Victory. I'm drinking the Dark Thunder Storm King. That's right. They added junk to Storm King. They added coconut and coffee. Oh. And, and this is a 9.1% alcohol by volume because, you know what? Not brewed in Ohio. So they're not afraid to go above nine percent. <laughs> Is that still a rule in Ohio? They can't go. No, they high changed. Time? They changed that law, but they still Utah pretty much still has like, like that law in place though, where it's like anything over. I think it's like four or like six percent. Can't do it. Uh, this has that big coffee punch to it, uh, but they added much- coffee and coconut to that yeah. beer. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not getting much coconut, but I do get that dark rich. Um, Stout flavor with that nice roasted coffee flavor added to it. Like when I took the first sip, I'm like, "This is a really good beer." And uh, if you can go out and get it on sale someplace, uh, I definitely would suggest it uh, because I think it's it's worth every cent of that thirteen dollars and ninety nine cents that I paid for it. Um, it. It's delicious. It is a sipper. It is. Definitely an imperial stout. Uh, it is. It doesn't have that big bitter punch on the back end that, that I'm very interested to try the uh, Great Lakes. Um, when I was at the store, the only one that I saw was the Ohio City stout. Yeah, uh, which is Ohio City oatmeal, just came out, which is their oatmeal stout. And I'm like, <clears> okay, <throat> well, is this what he mean? Is this is this what John's drinking? Did he just mistype? Like, I don't know, and it's not. And I'm like. I'm not really feeling yeah, the oatmeal stout. You sent me that, and I wanted to be like, no, Paul. And then I sent you a picture yeah. of the bottle. Yeah. 
I'm like, I I was looking at every single shelf, the display, you know, the New York, the, the Ohio section or Northeast section, you know, whatever geographical section that beer stores now decide to regionalize their beer selection in. Makes no sense to me. Just put it in alphabetical order. I know which brewery I'm looking for. Um, I don't remember where they're from. But, you know, like Victory, is it out of Boston? I think it is. I don't remember. That's Pennsylvania. Is that out of Pennsylvania? Okay. Who am I thinking of? Geralt. I don't even know. No, uh, the, the ones that make, uh, yes. <laughs> the Witcher. Uh, Boston Beer Company. <laughs> no, not Boston Shipyard. Beer Company. Shipyard. Uh, no. Uh, guess that make Rex Clown Rex Shoes. Rex. No. Harpoon. Harpoon. Main Beer Company. Harpoon. I was thinking harpoon. No, okay, but I thought he uh, just said harpoon to get us to stop. (laughs) Maybe, but yeah, this is a deeply enjoyable, rich, definitely a good winter style beer. It's very funny that I went from the white ales, the very crisp, clean, to a very dark, rich uh, beer style, and and I've enjoyed them all, and like. It's been a good beer week for me. Nice. Chris, what are you? What are you? Uh, I'm finishing up with my third and final beer from Home State Brewing, and this is their Oktoberfest, uh, 6.1% ABV. And I'm going to try my best uh, to pronounce this, but it's not something I ever learned in German. Uh, but it's Backpfeifengeheisk. Um, it's a very long word. Mm-hmm. I looked it up to see what it means, and it means to have a a smackable face. Mm. Uh, but this beer does not smack you in the face. This is a very nice, drinkable Oktoberfest. I think of the three beers that I brought home, this is the strongest showing. I think it's more stands in line with the beers I actually had at the brewery. <clears throat> and anytime Yanni and I go to a brewery, one of the things that we always talk about is like, hey, do you bring your friends here? Or I, like, I'll ask her, like, do you bring your dad here? Because her dad likes craft beer. And ultimately, I think this one would be somewhere to stop by, but it's a little bit of a drive to get there. So it's not located close to me or the rest of the breweries that I would say, like, hey, let's go here next, which kind of takes away a little bit. Like, it's going to knock it down in the Orlando brewery rankings a little bit because it's definitely somewhere I would go back to if it looks like they've revamped their menus and it's all new beers that they have on. But it's not going to be a place like Sideward or Deadwards, which are like 15 minutes away from me that I just go to because I want to get lunch and a beer and maybe something to bring home. Um, but what if it was called Homeward? Would you go there then? No. Only if it actually was. Uh, if it was closer, it would be like, a yeah, I'll stop here because everything else we had was really good, like the food. The drinks, but it's just a little bit too too far out there. It's like a comparable drive to Ellipsis. And Ellipsis' beers, I think, are stronger, but Ellipsis also doesn't have food. Sometimes they might have a food truck outside, but it's it's a delicate balance you got to hit with me. I'm, I know I'm sounding difficult, and I apologize for that. No, I think that's, I mean, in, in talks that we've always had with breweries, it if you're going to go somewhere and <clears throat> sit and have a couple beers, mm-hmm. you want to be have some type of snackable, some type of 
food with it. I mean, when we were hopping around brewery hopping the last time I was down in Florida, like I was grabbing food everywhere. I was grabbing shareables that we could sit and have that or, oh, we'll get this. Excuse me, waiter. We'll have a round of pickles for everyone. Mm -hmm. Like it's just kind of the. It's gonna if you're gonna be it's gonna keep me there. If you're gonna be drinking all day, yeah. But if you're gonna be drinking all day, you need to keep adding food so you're not just outrageously. If you have food, I'm probably gonna have at least two or three beers. If you don't have food, I might just Mm -hmm. stop in, get one beer while I'm trying to pick out what beers I want to take to go, whether it's in like a cooler or from a growler, like. It's it's just basically the beers there while I'm deciding what else I want to buy. Yeah, you have food for me. Yeah, food's a big food's food's probably number three. One, I need a good atmosphere, good place. Like I I don't want to be sitting out in the sun baking. I need to be comfortable. Like if it's outdoor area, are there fans? If it's hot, in the shade, can I be in the shade? if it's cold, are there space heaters and, you know, is it a comfortable environment? Two would be uh, the service is great. They're knowledgeable about the beers. They give me great recommendations. They give me the behind-the-scenes stories. Even if the beers aren't great, but they're telling me the stories about why the beer is the way it is and what they're going for, I'm going to enjoy that beer more. If it's a middling beer with a great story, it has now bumped up a tier. And then, then food would be like on the list. Like decent food is it good? Is it? it is it more than edible? <laughs> you know, am I enjoy? Do I actually enjoy the food when I'm there? Awesome. And then, and I think that that would make you know, other than the beer can't. I absolutely suck where I don't want to go there at all. But yeah, that would be my my top three. My power. Well, yeah, and I would say definitely those those categories are definitely to think about. Like when we walked into <clears throat> when we walked into uh, oh my gosh, uh, Angry Chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when we walked in, Chris and I looked at each other and we were like, "We're home." Like we like this place. Then we sat down on the bar. The bartender was surly, but he knew his beers. Mm-hmm. It was a cool location. He was happy to talk to us about how long they'd been there, the style of beer. We've um, we've been there where somebody walked back and took some beer out of a tank, and I was like, "Oh, what are you trying?" And he was like, "Oh, I'm trying this," and he, and he gave us some. Like, it was just a cool place, but it's a place without food, mm-hmm. so we always made sure that we ate yeah. before we went there or ate afterwards. But there's those places that you walk into and you're just like, oh, yeah, I'm home. Like, mm-hmm. this place feels right. Atmosphere is right. And I think atmosphere is definitely a big part of it. But I've been in places that I'm like, the beer the beer's fantastic, but I hate this place. It's loud. It's this. It's that. It's too crowded. Yeah. But I'll come back for having this beer. New York Beer Project is top of my list of, like, the atmosphere I don't like. And the beer's not good enough to overcome it. No, I I, I thought you were gonna, I thought you were gonna zig and, and instead of zag because when you, you I thought you were gonna talk highly about New York Beer Project because I was well, I was about to I, drive 
drive to Lackawanna and throw you out a window. <laughs> I was going to say, like, for me, that would be, um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on the and name of it? they serve food, and the food's okay. Hayburner. Big, oh, ditch. Big Ditch. Beer's great. The food was good, but I just don't like the atmosphere. It's like, that, yeah, the, too, the atmosphere is too big, too noisy. Sterile. Like, there's too much stuff going on. It's and then you, a sterile environment that they try to make fun by blasting the music. And then you go to like McGregor's, that's a hole in the wall, crappy it. place Best that will sit in the corner, and it's like everything's old, everything's sticky. They got a pop popcorn machine in the corner that you get your popcorn. The, we always the bathroom end looks up like getting a, some. The bathroom is like a closet that just has like a door. Yeah, right that's on the it. toilet. Uh, but like, you'll have that thing. You're like, oh, man, maybe we should get some food. And it's like, all right, I'll I'll take the baked potato soup. And they bring it over, and you're like, this is the best baked potato soup I've ever had. Where are you talking about, Trump? Um, McGregor's. We've gone there Old twice. First, Old First Ward. Yeah. Not McGregor's. Um, what is oh, now the, you put that in my head? Now it's I can't got a think name like McGregor's. What, yeah. uh, I know what Chris you're knew okay. what I was yeah, talking I, about. I, I knew what you were talking about. And then it's I got not a place sudden, I ever like, went to. Feeling like maybe I don't. Do, <laughs> yeah. Doc, oh, yeah. uh, Old First, Doc Old, Old First Ward Brewery. Old First uh, Ward Brewery in yeah. Gene McCarthy's. Gene McCarthy's. Gene McCarthy's. Gene McCarthy's. I wasn't trying to bust your chops there. No, no, no. You're saying the wrong. I was saying the wrong I seriously name. thought maybe you were talking about another place that I haven't been. Because <laughs> uh, that happens. Yeah. See all uh, conversations online about uh, 30 Rock. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just one of those places like you walk in and like all the regulars look, in, look at you like you don't belong. And you're like, I'm here for the craft beer. They make craft beer here. Like, mm-hmm. we're going to go. a Maytag. We're going to just go, want a Maytag. <laughs> we're going to sit in the corner. We're going to. Play a game, Play we're going to order things. food, yeah. we're going to drink beer. Uh, yeah, there's just those places that you just walk into and you're just like, yeah, I'm home. And then, yeah, like, mm-hmm. there's something big ditch, beers are great, food's great. Yeah, but, like, it's sterile. It's loud, it's big, it's noisy. Pearl Street. I fucking hate Pearl Street. I, yeah. Everything about it. The only thing... I got married there. The only, mem- the only good there. memory I have... Of Pearl Street is Paul's wedding. <laughs> it's a good venue. It's a lousy brewery. The the, the beers suck. The food sucks. <laughs> Ooh. I, you know what? Well, I haven't eaten there in years because they got rid of like everybody that was part. Anybody that was like involved with my wedding, like the chef at the time. The person that was involved with like the planning of the events at the time. Well, you were married there almost twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah, they're all gone. Everybody's gone, and now they have the stupid stuff on the building, and it looks awful. I hate it. Like, it was. You know what was nice? The first two years that we would go on our anniversary, Kate and I, and they would just comp our meal. It was so good. That's why uh, Paul. But you know what else? <laughs> You know what else is so good? Deleting your emails. Black. <laughs> sad. Uh, I picked Black Sad two, I think, two years ago for Look Back. The the, the first, uh, first volume of this, which was published years ago. 
And that first volume was actually like four separate books too. Like it was four like yeah. short stories all combined into one. That's why when we were talking about it at the start of the show, I was like, oh, there's a lot. And then as I was looking through the publication history, I'm like, oh no, we read that one. We read that one. It's like, oh, okay. Cause they were all came out individually, but Dark Horse kind of packaged them all together for like the American audience debut. Um, and we, we all loved it. And when I was reading it, <clears throat> I was like, oh, I don't think Paul's going to like this. I don't know if Chris is going to well, like I, it. I had like a flashback to reading that first volume when I was reading this one. And I think I might've said this on the show because I, it hit me again. Like this is very much a John book where it's hard boiled detective. You know, there's, there's a Dane he's got to save somehow. But when you put like anthropomorphic animals in it, it somehow elevates it and it makes it more interesting to me. And I don't know if it's because the art style is so bright and expressive because it all looks like it's hand painted. It's beautiful, but you can kind of tell the characters apart better because I know there's been other times we've read like a lot of like crime noir books where it's like, who, who's this character? Who's this character? Because everybody's just chiseled features, broken nose. I thought the waitress was the dame. The two different characters, like yeah, there's there's all those. I, I I totally understand, and yes, it does help with all the all the different animals that look amazing as people, anamorphic animals, animal people. It's kind of like in superheroes, as long as they're wearing costumes, you can tell them apart. Uh, But, John, this was your pick. So what is this volume about? Uh, So this is by Juan Diaz Canals and Juanjo Grandio. I believe that's how their names are. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a presentation. Overarching, I think overarching villain throughout most of Black Sad is the Falcon character that isn't quite Mare, isn't quite this, but has his feathers in everything. Talons, maybe? Talons. Uh, And he is trying to have an overarching expressway built where he's trying to get rid of the subway. This is kind of like a New York New York City. I think when I originally first read it, I read it as like Chicago, but I think this is supposed to be more New York City. Um, yeah, because they mentioned Central Park. I think they actually call out some, uh, New York City in, in the book. Um, get rid of the subways. All going to be expressways. And this character trying to do that and what it entails. And what it entails is getting rid of union leaders and this and that, and our detective Black Sad being tied into it by introducing himself and giving his card to a Shakespeare in the Park director, who then gives it to the union director, who then ties all this in together, and him trying to solve this crime. Uh, And basically because trying to solve this crime because he failed. And his sidekick weekly, the newspaper writer, having his own story that ties into all of this. Um, 
I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, I ended up picking up this book because, one, I enjoyed the Black Sad to begin with, but with this being a new series coming out, I had mentioned it on the podcast. Chris had picked it up. I saw that he had grabbed it, and I was like, well, I gotta buy it now. Uh, And I saw that it was a hardcover, um, so I picked it up, and... When I brought it home, I started thumbing through it, and I was just like, man, this book is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I need an excuse to read this, so I'm picking it for my next pick of the list. And that's where it become. I I loved it. I mean, I whatever you say, I'm going to gush about it. So, yeah, this, uh... Paul, Chris, who's... Uh, Chris, I'll, Paul, I'll start off Chris? because this is something that I picked up I want to say maybe a couple months ago now uh, at my comic book store because I saw it on the shelf and I had a coupon for 20% off like a trade paperback or graphic novel. And it's only 20 bucks for the actual physical hardcover. Paul, I don't know how much he spent for the digital version of it. Um, But at that point I was like, okay, like, yeah, that's definitely something I will pick up, read and put on my shelf. And I've just been so caught up on my week to week reading and consuming other Mm -hmm. forms of media that this has literally just been sitting on my bookshelf waiting for me to read it. And it wasn't until John picked it for his trade and policy review that I was like, okay, now, now I have to read it. And there wasn't anything keeping me from reading besides the fact that I just didn't sit down to read it yet. And boy, am I sure glad I did because it's absolutely fantastic. It's, been years now since we read that first one, but it's definitely a world that's accessible. Like as soon as I start like going through, I'm like, okay, yeah, I remember Black said, oh, okay, I remember his little fox, like short round buddy. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm good to go now. That's the only catch up I needed, and you know, you're instantly dragged into this story. Uh, eleven nine, eleven ninety nine for digital. Okay. Really good price for that, for that story. I, I think so. I if you're not getting, <clears throat> like I keep saying, I'll go hardback. But if you're not twenty dollars for this package, the hardback, mm-hmm. and there's no ads in that, the, you know the the everything about it, mm-hmm. no ads in it. Yeah, but it's a beautiful book. It's a little, little oversized. Mm-hmm. Twenty bucks, I it, had no problem with. Eleven ninety nine digitally, I think, is a steal. It, it, you know, when I was trying to load it up on the PC, but now Comixology is now the Kindle app. You know, Kindle, and I really wanted to look at this page by page instead of like reading it on my phone, panel by panel. I wanted to have the full immersive experience of it. Unfortunately, when I was trying to read it on the computer screen, yeah. If I had it physical, and if, I guess, the only place that I might have been able to get it was, like, down the street. But there's no guarantee that they would carry that book, you know, at the local comic book shop. Um, you know, and I ended up reading it panel by panel on on my phone instead of the PC. Just because the Comixology app is so awful where... It's it does I can't zoom in to actually read 
the 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 word balloons. You guys have experienced it when I tried to do screenshots for the dramatic reading. Uh, so I read this one on my phone, you know, just so I could read it. Um, and then I miss out on the full page art. Yes, and we already said at the very beginning of this episode, like, this is something that I'd want all the volumes put together in a massive book, and I could read all together. Because this is a great, great political uh, subterfuge. Um, who's Mary- in bed with who? Who's... I think that's all the, the thing we took away from that first volume, too. And what I think really captured you, Paul, was how political it was. Especially for the time period that it is encapsulating. Like, the last one was about, like, Reconstruction, uh, pre-Civil, you know, post-Civil War, pre-World War II. Like, in that era, like, dealing with race and, like, hey... The, pol- the big politicians are Ku Klux Klan members, and they're doing this. Now we're getting people that are, like, obsessed with their own legacy and wanting to do whatever they can to, like, hold on to the power that they do have. And the mob and who's, you know, Tammany Hall and, you know, uh, immigrants and the lower class, you know, and just... You know, coming out of the Great Depression, they even mentioned that, hey, we're coming out of the Great Depression and there's a new world. Um, and who gets to build that new world? And it literally, who gets to build that new world with what projects the government is going to fund and not fund? And whether or not people come together to fund those projects, because that's a big, there's a, in Central Park, whether or not, a stage, a actual stage is going to get built. It's a big issue in this, so the amphitheater. Or is this, and as this huge bridge is being built, this 12 lane huge highway bridge is being built, and whether or not this huge expressway is going to be built throughout the city. Like these big projects. Hey, now the economy's booming. We're out of the Great Depression. We got all this money. We can do, we can do. There's money for public investment and public funds. Where is this money going to go? And that female deer was pretty hot. <laughs> is she like a llama? No, the the one with Weekly. Right, she's a deer. Female. Yeah, Weekly was into her. Female is she a deer. deer. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you were talking about oh. the other one. Okay. I thought that girl was a fox. Yeah, the other one's a llama. I don't know. Maybe it's just like the facial markings. I thought she was a fox. It's fine. I thought she was a deer. Either way, hot. (laughs) Who gets to build the future, and what are they willing to do in order to see their vision through? Like, I I thought it was interesting. I loved, uh, and I'm hopeful that, you know, in this era, the porcupine takes over the uh, newspaper, and he's like, we're done with yellow journalism. We need new news. Actually, News. We need to undercover the truth and actually do investigative journalism the right way and actually publish that. Things that are worthy of newsprint. Because, you know, we've been stuck in an era for the longest time now where it's just like, ah, you know, screw it. Whatever the headline is in clickbait. Mm. Like, maybe we can get away from clickbait and yellow journalism. Maybe. Nah, that doesn't sell papers. (laughs) But the, the... 
And speaking maybe it speaking will. Stolen paper. Uh, one of the things I actually looked into just while you guys were talking before too is again 1999 for this beautiful hardcover book. The DC Earth One original graphic novels. All star creative teams. Your favorite characters. Mm-hmm. New life. All that. Those start off at like twenty four ninety nine when they come out. Amazon, mm-hmm. you can get them a little bit cheaper now because some of them have been out for almost like nine to ten years. Mm-hmm. Like when it comes down to like the Batman and Superman ones. But I think this is a better value. I mean, yeah, it's five bucks mm-hmm. cheaper, but also it's an all new, all different, engaging story. And as much as We've talked about and enjoyed some of those Earth One graphic novels. You're still just reading a different take on Batman or a different take on Wonder Woman or Superman. This is wholly its own story, and it seems to be a labor of love, like with the writing and the artwork. Like it's it's definitely labor of love between those guys, but they are taking those great world events, those that and making it. That great kind of noir crime and fitting it into this new world. And it feels fresh and new because of how they do it with, with the animals and stuff. But there I isn't. It's very grounded and very our world, though. It is. I feel it, like this is history class, but with a spoonful of sugar on top of it, which is the anthropomorphic animals. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, this is how it went down, more than likely. Yeah, I, it it captures it encapa, encapsulates those time period perfectly, and especially for being Spanish, like they're from Spain. Like, how do they know what New York City was like? It's it's the it's the because, melting pot of the world, John. Uh, because they get to learn U.S. history without all the bias. U.S. politicians. Deciding what U.S. history is, it's and that's why uh, this felt very much like when I first learned why parkways are called parkways. Like it, it just was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. It's that sucks, but makes sense. Well, why is it, Paul? Uh so parkways were because you drive on supposed to you be, drive on a parkway, but you. Park in a driveway. What's the deal right. with parkways? But parkways w- were funded by money that was set aside for public parks within cities. But people took that money for those parks and instead made drive made uh, thoroughfares, roads out of the city into the suburbs, and then just would like put a median grassway in it and called that a park. Hmm. So. They took funding that was supposed to go to help enrich the city and just, like, use that money to take money out of the city. So, when you drive on Humboldt Parkway, you kind of can really feel it. You're like, ooh, this is just a way to get out of the city as quickly as possible. Uh, Robert Moses Parkway. Yep. A way to get out of Niagara Falls, the city, as quickly as possible. Like... And that was money that was supposed to be used to invest in parks in this city. I bet that but fucking falcon had something to do with it. Oh, yeah. Killed that, that poor yeah. bat dude. Exactly. Now now when you read that book, you're like, 
Yep. Yep. This guy. Yep. Taking money out of the city to drive, you know, just just for investments. Making that pigeon crane dude, whatever he was, Heron, kill all those people. That was like a seagull. Yeah. You kept on. I think they call him a gull. Yeah. They call him a gull. The and like, they take him to the dump. They gave him to the dump, and he's like, your people love it here. What was weird was, so, they, like, oh, he goes and meets the moles, the people that are actually, um, you know, building the subway. And they're like, mole. You know, that's a derogatory term, like, mole. And then he just keeps on referring to them as moles. And I'm like, dude, like said, come on. I, I'm wondering what the non-derogatory term for gulls are. I don't know. Dirt dealt. Like, uh, the people that... Uh, like dug out the New York City subway. I think we're called Dirt Devils. That just sounds cool. Yeah. I don't know, I like. Come on. I definitely enjoy this world, and I can't wait for Volume Two uh, Two to come out. Volume Two has already been released abroad. Um, has not been translated and released over here yet. But I look forward to reading it. And in my research for this volume. I did see that there is actually a Black Sad game that's available on PlayStation. Have you gotten that yet, Sean? No. No. Is it something you're interested in? (sighs) Yes and no. Because, like you were saying, because it's kind of like a Telltale's. It's like a Telltale's game, which those are a lot of fun. Like the Fables ones actually plays a lot like what I imagine a Black Sad game would be, because you're playing as Bigby Wolf and you're like doing private investigator stuff and it, it works really well I think the problem is is the way of a gamer that I am is I'd buy it I'd play a little bit of it I wouldn't be able to play it again then I'd try to go back and play it and be like I don't remember anything I was supposed to do and it it wouldn't fulfill I hear it's actually I remember reading reviews saying it was really good but um, yeah it just the way I game, like we got that game, Chris. I played it. Okay, it says about it's about twelve Chris, to thirteen hours. When I when yeah. I Google how long the uh, the Black Sad game, it's called Under the Skin. Uh, main story about ten hours. It says, but then if you want to do the side stuff on top of it, it's about eleven and a half or thirteen if you're a completionist. Yeah, like that'd be great. Six years ago, five years ago, uh, and definitely before um, before my son, like before my son was born, and when he was a baby, like I played the hell out of Red Dead Redemption because my wife bought it for me right before Grayson was born, and then she had no problem with me rocking the baby with the bottle in his mouth, playing a western. Well, she went up and took a nap and didn't have to be <laughs> didn't have to be with the baby. Like, I just don't have the same. Uh, what was the what was the uh, dragon game, Chris? That you went to work. Oh, Skyrim. Skyrim. You went to work in the morning. I'd been up an hour before you left playing that game, and then you came home, and I looked at you like you forget your keys, and you're like. I've been gone for nine hours. And I was like, what? what? I haven't left this spot. 
<laughs> those are I have two very I different games, though, because Skyrim, like, you I, could still probably sit down today and lose an entire day. And yeah, but I had the ability to lose a whole day, and I didn't. Nobody was reliant on me. I can't, like, I can't, I don't have the same abilities anymore. Yep. But there's now this change in mind frame. You know what I mean? Like, it's in the back of your mind that there's stuff to be doing. I remember, like, when I was in college and, like, working two jobs, like, and I would have, like, four hours where I wasn't needed to do anything. And, and you had my two, mom would get... You had two doofy friends that would uh, pull you into crazy capers that they would be into. Yeah. Which was great, because otherwise, I just pace around my house with, like, this nervous energy that I knew I... I felt like I should. There was something I should be doing. Well, that's why you're. And yet, you're there was nothing to be done. That's why your parents loved us, is because we got you out of the house. They used to <laughs> yeah. give us money to take you places. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're like, this kid just paces like he's a trapped lion. Not a lion. That's a too cool of an animal. What's a doofy animal that paces in its cage? A mole. Uh, yeah, I was a naked mole rat <laughs> pacing in its cage. I. Uh... I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of a way to get back to Black Side to close it out. But I, how long did it take you to sit down and read this? Because I read it this afternoon because I wanted to have it oh, like yeah. fresh and took maybe about uh, an hour, maybe a little bit longer because I was yeah. doing it as I was like playing Magic the Gathering. I, I read it in two sittings. Um, I laid down in bed. I turned on the side light, which I never. I haven't sat in bed in read before going to sleep in years. And I read about half of it and I kind of got to a point where I was like, I'm just ready to go to sleep. And then the next day... Was it the tap, tap, tap when he's like chasing the guy, the killer down the uh, down the subway? Is that where... I don't know. Because for me, uh, when so, I started okay. reading it, I was like, oh, this is, this is going to take me longer than I thought I probably should have started yesterday because... There is a lot going on on every single page and in every panel because it's very dialogue heavy. There's a lot of artwork that you want to soak in. You want to take in all those details, but it's only 60 pages of story. Like it's not. Yeah. It's, 68. Yeah. It's nothing like crazy. Yeah, it's not, I've read longer books in like a shorter amount of time, I think, mm-hmm. because I just perused it. But this one, like you, you want to, to linger on some of those. Did you guys. When he's walking home, it's within the first couple of pages. Did you guys catch the uh, background joke of like the fights posters in the background? Um, I remember seeing Where stuff, but I didn't. Kent, Kent versus Parker, so Superman versus you know, like Spider Man, and then uh, somebody like uh, somebody, the guy that plays the Hulk versus uh, another guy, another. Oh, Frigno actor. versus Balboa. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Balboa. Yeah. Reno so versus Rocky. Yeah. I thought those were cute. And I was kept expecting that I would like stop and like look for more of that kind of stuff, but then like I was so engrossed in the actual story, I was like, Nope, moving on, moving on, moving on. Well there was those like little so moments I, too where like where they held up they held up something and I was like, Oh man, I can't read what's on that check or I can't read what's on that piece of paper. And you're not meant to. Like it's Chris, since you read it this afternoon, did you skip over, like, when it was obviously just quoting Shakespeare? Did you just kind of like, oh, quoting Shakespeare? Uh, no, on? I still read through it because I was trying to see how 
the play that they were performing was going to tie into mm-hmm. the story because I was under the assumption that it wasn't anything just random. Like it had to be presented that way for a reason. And for me, I didn't catch that because I don't like reading Shakespeare. The only Shakespeare I've ever read or mm-hmm. watched has been just for school. It's not something I, I do. Uh, there is one Shakespeare thing that I watch and I enjoy it. And that's 10 things I hate about you. Right. That's yeah. Shakespeare. It's, yeah. that it's a takeoff. Taming, of, taming of, the of the shrew. Taming of the shrew. Yeah. That works. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, you could probably really, if you really want to analyze it, where Macbeth is going to tie into all this and you would expect maybe the, the character, maybe the gall is going to have his guilt hit him or, or something like that of where this is going to go. I think once you finish the book or the story, um, the, to completion of volume or a part two, um, maybe you can tie it all in there, but yeah, it, there's, well, it's the first play. Like I said, that one I I didn't get. I don't know. They didn't. They didn't give me enough to. They didn't call it out. Yeah, but they had quotes in it, and I was like, "Oh, somebody smarter than me will know." Oh, it's um actually fun fun fact because I saw it before, but I didn't read it. Oh yeah, the very back back. they have a list of like changes that they had to make in the translation. The tempest. I was going to say, I think it's a tempest because of the yeah. So it's the tempest. The Tempest, which was then uh, a Liam Neeson movie. You know, it's, it's, it's Liam Hemsworth. It's, no, no. Liam Neeson starred in a movie that was a sci-fi. No, you're thinking about uh, uh, Naked Gun. No. Oh, man. What is the name of the Black Hole? It's, it's not Black Hole. It's um, Black Sad. It's the book we Black just Hole? read, Paul. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We're just uh, <laughs> Keep with it, bro. Dark Man. He was in Dark Man. Star Wars. Thinking about Star Wars. Sci-fi? Ian Neeson? Yeah. Anyways, let's wrap it up. (laughs) There's nothing we're saying now has anything to do with anything. But hey, thanks for listening. Uh, Yeah, I think if you're a comic book reader, uh, yeah, I think uh, Black Sad, I I wouldn't recommend it to everybody, but I would recommend it to people. I think it's a fantastic book. I I think it's um it's everything I want out of it. And if we're everything you no. want out of a podcast, like us, review us, send us an email, do whatever or not cuz you're not anyways. People are listening. I still see those download numbers. And thanks for doing it. Keeping us going all these years cuz guys Next week's episode number 500. 500. Yeah. 